Welcome to another episode of Bonus XP, and today we're actually going to follow up on some Dragon Quest stuff that we didn't get to talk about in our wonderful long two hours, didn't cut a second. Yes, drive-by penis analysis was still in their yeah. episode. <laughs> and I have Cullen and GC back with me. So welcome back, guys. I am so glad that you are here. Hello, hello. I'm glad to be back. Oh, I, I'm the one who uh, I'm the one who drove by with the penis analysis. Hello. I literally that's gonna that's gonna be in the marketing materials. Hell yeah. So. <laughs> I gotta I gotta get that on a shirt as fast as I can. People are gonna be stealing that one. So one thing I want to follow up with really quickly, our listeners may not necessarily like have the benefit of the length of time that has come between the first time we recorded this. And been a couple years. Yeah, it's been it's been it's a, been a years. couple years. A it feels like it, even though I mean it's been like a month and a half. Um, because I started playing Dragon Quest Seven to give it a second chance after you guys uh talked reason. Well, I guess more so, Cullen. Yeah, me guys talked uh, talk <laughs> uh, pretty highly about it. Um, so I'm 50 hours in. I'm, oh, I'm wow. rounding rounding the ends. Um. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I definitely am appreciating the little tales here and there. I still think the game is a plod. <laughs> um, it's got I, good vignettes, but it's got a lot of vignettes. Yes, yeah, it has a lot of them. Um, like the game really honestly could have been over at this point, and I think it would have been good. And I just don't think the like I, like I think you're right about Kiefer. And like um, what he does for the narrative, I think is super important. But the rest of these characters like just don't matter. They kind of start blending into the background a little bit. Yeah. Do you, is that kind of what you were saying, Colin? I know it was a while ago, but oh, I've never finished it. Oh, that's but you, you but you made it <laughs> as far as I guess that's I guess that's 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 a pretty good answer yeah. to that question. Yeah. And it's like, how do you feel about the characters? I don't know. Uh, how do you feel about it being plotting? I don't know. I never finished it. It's uh, like, well, no, the, that explains what it. I played wasn't plotting because I didn't get that far. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Oof. Well, I'm happy that I'm doing it. I'm trying to at least like polish it off before Zelda comes out because as of recording, Zelda's coming out this Friday, and I definitely don't want to have yes, to look at is. a single other game aside from that game. Fair so, enough. So, um, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't feel so bad about like having the the exact same opinion of it that I had the first time I played it, albeit that was quite some time ago. Um, but what I really want to focus on, and this is one of the big things that we didn't get to talk about, is music and the series music but before i did that and this this is not necessarily something that i was completely aware of but gc you have some inside tea from <laughs> the the dq uh scope that i had maybe very very briefly mm -hmm. heard and just kind of brush it off so would you mind spilling that hot tea for us so we sure can... this is this is not new tea right this it's is very outside tea this yeah. is very this is very this is very well known by like if you if you look into it and, and and you do your research on on the people who made the game right like if you if you if you dig you don't have to dig deep but you do have to do a little digging um and it is worth knowing that the series' composer Koichi Sugiyama um he is uh not the best person in the world 
he understatement in his like <laughs> understand it is an understatement uh in his old age or like you know once he like like in in modern times uh he has been hosting or he had been hosting a talk show and on the talk show he would have certain guests on that show and they would report certain things and they would have certain opinions that weren't exactly uh kind to certain people so i'll just like lay it out flat um koichi sugiyama is on record as denying the nanjing massacre which is a massacre perpetrated uh by japan on the city of uh nanjing during i forget i forget where if i forget if it was if it was during a world war or not but it was a pretty a pretty messed up occurrence uh they basically committed like a ton of war crimes uh they killed and hurt civilians and and that's just like the 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 surface stuff that i don't want to i don't want to really like go deeper in that but just picture in your head what could be worse than that yeah that happened so he's a known denier of that and so he's he's an american republican go on so he's an american republican (laughs) and he's also uh, a noted homophobe um to quote not to quote but as an example on his show someone was reporting certain statistics and they said lgbtq uh, people in japan have higher suicide rates than cishead people and he started laughing and he said that was a good thing essentially fucking like yikes. i'm paraphrasing yeah that. yeah so he rest he in is, piss bozo yeah he's not a great person um and a lot of people either don't know that or they do know that and they try to separate artists from the art. And in my opinion, you can't really do that. That being said, like older Dragon Quest, it's hard, it's a hard thing to wrestle with. And I understand why a lot of people struggle with that because a lot of the Dragon Quest music is iconic. A lot of the Dragon Quest music is is well made and, and it's it's sort of a complicated relationship to have with it, especially if you've been enjoying the series since you were younger right like you 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 created that storybook metaphor of like that bedtime story comfort food yeah when uh we were talking about it on the episode and like it's 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 hard to disassociate because it's a part it's a part of that book like the music is just so much a part of Mm -hmm. that it's a full package yeah and and it's sort of a thing that people should know going into the series in my opinion like if you can tell people you should tell people it's like hey you know this series is great you're going to like the music. You should know this about the composer. It's not a good look. Uh, and it, it's it's sort of, unfortunately, one of the blemishes on the series, in my opinion. It's one of the things that 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 worsen it for me. And this is coming from a Dragon Quest guy or the right. Dragon Quest guy. Right. Colin, did you add something that you were going to add there, too? Oh, no, I just uh, I, I think the, the thing about Sugiyama that's so, uh, quote unquote, fun and interesting is that I, I really feel like <laughs> No matter who you are, you really shouldn't like the guy or have ever liked the guy because when he wasn't doing all the homophobic or uh, massacre uh, apologism or what have you, uh, he was spending his time making sure like Americans got the worst possible versions of all the Dragon Quest sound effects. Son of a bitch. So even if you weren't like, you know, even if you were the kind of if you're not the kind of person who's like cares to these things or cares about these cares things, about uh, right? things that matter uh you still have uh like this man has not done anything good in the last like 20 years of his life he has done whatever yeah. he could to 
to make things as hard as possible for Dragon Quest fans to enjoy the games. Isn't that just so sad when something that you love just gets shat on because of people involved in the creation of it just yes. show their true colors? Like, it's just so discouraging and life wrecking, you know, like it's a part of your identity and all of a sudden you just get throat punch. It's almost worse than Final Fantasy 13. <laughs> sorry that's just anytime i get a chance to rip on final fantasy 13 it's gonna it happens um yeah no it, it's really sad it's really sad to do that especially like you said you can't always separate the art from the artist the artist like sometimes you really do have to uh but with uh i mean the great thing about dragon quest is that it's really only it was one person causing all the problems and mm-hmm. that person is now dead so but we could talk about and I, I don't mean to to grab the show here. Go for it. Um, with the passing of Koichi Sugiyama, the good thing, the silver lining of the fact that he was a part of the series is that he has uh, left the room open, the space open for someone else to do the music and compose the music. Um, and my recommendation, if you haven't already uh, listened to it, Patrick, is... Uh, Go listen to the soundtrack for Dragon Quest Swords. Dragon Quest That's Swords composed, is so good. That is composed by the person who composed um, at least Mega Man 2, but I think she did other Mega Man games, like the original Mega Man games. Go check that soundtrack out. That is Dragon Quest music, and you'll listen to it and go, this is, this is identifiable as Dragon Quest music, but it's not by Sugiyama. And it's it's refreshing. It's interesting. Like, it has like some really cool choices. The composer's name is Manami Matsume. Just a Manami Matsume. Provide so, a, a name. First of all, bitch, do you think I didn't play Dragon Quest Swords <laughs> <laughs> in college when it came out? Two, I will go and check it out again now that I know it's a different composer. And three, I think that's a great and excellent segue into how we're going to wrap up our conversation, which was the other big chunk of what we didn't get to talk to. And this will hopefully be a little bit more of like a positive note after that sad Mm -hmm. dragon quest history is um the side games and like the success with those um obviously bringing up dragon quest swords um there are more side stories to dragon quest than there are main entries which is crazy what are your well colin let's start with you what's your experience with some of these side games uh i've mostly dabbled in the monsters games but not too much uh i in general haven't really gone too hard into the side games i played builders 2 that game's pretty good love builders treasures you know the best thing about builders 2 what no prince of canock (laughs) yeah so the worst thing about builders 2 um Oh, but uh, recently I took another look at uh, Dragon Quest Joker 3 Professional because I found out that had an English patch and that game is just like so ambitious for 3DS and blew wherever Pokemon was out of the water until and like I don't think Pokemon caught up to how cool that game is up until like Scarlet and Violet. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's wild that they have not made another one of those games. Why don't you elaborate on that a little bit? Because um, there is a small chance that Dragon Quest was 
Dragon Quest Monsters was the first Dragon Quest I played. I was looking at release dates and I was like, wait, I don't think the Dragon Quest 3 and 1 and 2 came out in America until after. And I definitely didn't play Dragon Quest on NES. So I'm like, I am a Dragon Quest Monsters kid for sure. Um, Well, the... I played the, all the U.S. releases, so, and I know this one is not a yeah. U.S. release. So, like, let's 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 talk about this little this little ditty that you're bringing up because I haven't seen um, the one you're talking about. What makes it so better than Pokemon? Because it's a bold. I I'm, there are a lot of things that are better than Pokemon, but for some people, that's a bold statement. And, and it's not even like better. I just think it's more ambitious, and it kind of appeals to the stuff okay. that I like about Pokemon, where it's kind of at now. Where uh, like Joker Three was a uh, Japanese 3DS exclusive game, but with really big open areas to explore, the monster riding mechanics are very ambitious and there's a lot of different monsters that have a lot of different traversal effects. You're like it. I think when you say ambitious, like like, are you referring to the fact that it has like this scale? To yeah, scale, uh, okay. a, a lot of scale uh, to it. There's a lot of places you can explore. I haven't finished professional three, but what I played uh, with the patched uh, ROM is so impressive, and I really hope one day they do a modern console remaster and then just localize it. Because there's a hmm? go ahead. No, what are you gonna say? I was gonna say there's a there's a a long-standing tradition that a lot of the Japanese only Dragon Quest games are some of like the best ones. Yeah, isn't yeah. that upsetting? <laughs> <laughs> That's just so it upsetting. Is. It is. It's 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 really unfortunate. Um, I think Caravan Heart is also, uh, uh, I hear it's a pretty good one as well. And I don't think that has. That's the Kiefer one, a, right? Yeah, I was going to say that's yeah. the Kiefer one. That's the Kiefer one. Um, I mean, the hell, Yangus one is good. Dragon Quest Monsters OG is very like minimal in what it does, but I still think mm-hmm. it's very successful in the way that it incorporates this like very exciting tournament. I'm actually playing it right now on um an emulator and like going back and re- reliving that nostalgia like it's really cool to see this you gotta make it through all the pieces of the tournament to like succeed and progress the story um, they always do a tournament arc yeah i, I think I, I feel like that's like a i feel like that's like one of the one of the things about dragon quest monsters that's like like a constant there's always a tournament mm-hmm. there's like always jo- a tournament Joker's and you're one, always one it's kind it. of weird and Joker 2, it's with monsters that are running it. So that's also kind of strange. I think in Joker 2, you break into it. You stow away they, on a ship. Yeah, to, <laughs> literally to, to go in. there. And you kind of don't really get to see too much of it. Um, but 8 has even has it. Like 8 has the whole yeah. monster arena, which I mean, I love that part of the game. Like that is oh, so, it's good. so good. Yeah. Monsterina and eight is one of the best uh, mini games that any RPG has ever done. And I really hope they bring that back somehow. If they bring it back, I kind of hope they don't like, cause my one thing about the Monsterina and eight is that every, because like you don't, you're not really acting directly. Like it basically is like, choose the right monsters Mm -hmm. to win. Uh, So I, maybe something a bit more choose, choose the monsters with the higher base stats. Well, choose the right, a selection of monsters to win and not like it's always like a combination yeah and i do kind of hope that if they do ever bring it back it is maybe more uh active where you actually have to make more decisions but choices or even yeah. just you could build the monsters a little better like maybe you put you get points 
yeah points to build them out in a certain way because you're right like it is the one who has the highest stats and the bigger stick wins <laughs> but if you have like you could put points into heel slime going first the swoosh tree or you could put mm-hmm. points where i'm going the heel tree something like that to diversify and i think it would have mm-hmm. been perfection yeah speaking of build uh i do want to talk about dragon quest builders oh i love that uh, game two. so much it is so good not, not not so much one but two one is fine what it's 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 a it's a blueprint and and two <laughs> takes that blueprint. <laughs> it's a blueprint i got him i got him all day today uh <laughs> And two is uh two two takes that blueprint and, and really adds some some accoutrement to make it a very good, very solid sort of building crafting game. Two was so good that, that I think like Type Moon poached the director. <laughs> Who's Type Moon? Uh the Fate series. Oh if yeah. I remember correctly, yeah. I remember he doesn't work on the series anymore, nope. which is probably why we're not going to get another one. No, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> But Builders 2 is super good. Um, I love a lot of the the RPG mechanics that come back in Builders 2 where they sort of like get you to uh, build a certain amount of things and that gives you rewards and you can level up. And when you level up, you earn new abilities alongside uh, your buddy whose name I forget. Mal- Malroth? Yeah. It was Malroth. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think it's really impressive how like much the industry respects builders too because if you look at i think it's called minecraft legends if you look at minecraft legends okay if you look at minecraft legends and you look at the trailer for minecraft legends you go "Mm, this looks really similar to builders too and i think it's interesting that builders took inspiration from minecraft and then minecraft took inspiration from a very successful building crafting game to make its own version of that. And I really, 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 really dig that phenomenon. There's something special about the way that Dragon Quest successfully pivot, uh, pivots its core into other like genres of gaming. It's so malleable. Yeah, it, it really is. And it does it so much more successfully than a lot of other games do it. Like, I think it does it really well in um what are they called um sheeran games sheeran the wanderer uh, yeah like um oh mystery dungeons. yeah there you go mystery dungeons and it does it really good as muso games like dragon quest heroes is one of the only heroes games that i will play and it's not just because it's dragon quest but it's done well the way they kind of like intersperse the narrative with the action and the familiarity i think that it really just caters itself really well where i don't think you could see something like that from some of your other rpgs like final fantasy and this is kind of getting into what we talked about on that episode where dragon quest has this consistent identity you see something dragon quest you know it's dragon quest and you see how they want to spin that where you see some of these other genres and you don't quite recognize it or these other series you don't quite recognize it because they've changed so drastically over the years I, I, I start to wonder if if maybe because all of these Dragon Quest games also still have the Armor Project label uh, associated with them. I, I have to wonder if that's Armor Projects, which is Yuji Horii's development studio, in case anybody doesn't know. I wonder if that's part of their quality control. I think so. When you make a Dragon Quest game, like it has to go through Armor Project and not necessarily Yuji Horii himself, but it has to like 
you have to adapt. I, I would imagine it's very similar. Like Dragon Quest Heroes reminds me a lot of Hyrule Warriors um, to, to, to stick to the, the Zelda subplot that we have on this podcast, mm-hmm. I guess, <laughs> uh, where it, it um, every element of that game is based off a different mechanic from the original or the mainline series. Like every mechanic in Hyrule Warriors and Dragon Quest Heroes is based off a mechanic from the Legend of Zelda and Dragon Quest, respectively, uh, where even like Heroes even has like mini metal stuff and Heroes has like treasure maps from uh, from Dragon Quest nine. And you can equip your your characters with armor and stuff like that. And like the whole thing is built to 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 remind you of Dragon Quest to be a Dragon Quest game. They just slapped a different genre into it and like i i gotta imagine that's partly because armor project is like this has to be dragon quest before it's anything else Mm -hmm. like you're not you're not adapting you're not adapting our our license into this we're adapting your game into our brand well, I was going to say, I, I don't know if it just stops there, though, because continuing with that Zelda subplot, I think <laughs> uh, Dragon Quest Zelda-ish game is Rocket Slime. I mean, I think that's the only mm-hmm. one in that series, because I think there are three of them that uh, released in the U.S. And here's another example of a game that was trying something new, very unique. You'd see what type of game it was referencing, but it was still Dragon Quest as well. So I like maybe you're right. Maybe it is they like put full trust in other developers to be like, okay, build this like this, but also please make it exactly what it needs to be. Like it still needs to be at the core a Dragon Quest game there's a there's a precision to it that i feel is not something you see from other spin-off titles mm-hmm. in other like series like i'm not going to tell you yakuza dead souls is like one to one a yakuza game or that you couldn't take the yakuza out of it and put a different franchise in and lose like a lot from that process i think the only franchise i've ever successfully seen integrate into multiple different genres is uh persona where you have like the etrian persona games dancing games and you have dancing and then you have um they have their own muso uh, strikers strikers Mm -hmm. yeah like uh, so i think i think it's the same kind of thing where you have this like uh series that has such a huge identity and then it's kind of like this first then you and it, like i think that was a really good way to to say it and to kind of add on a little bit uh it, i to kind of jump off of someone gc said it if i think if you like actually look at his games like yuji hori is kind of involved in most of these spinoff games and i think yeah. that is one of the reasons why it is so like their the core identity is still so kept well together because he actually feels the need to get involved in all of these projects and make sure they are like up to his standards in a way. And yeah. I you don't really see that often, like even in the Persona spinoff games, they kind of just toss those over to like someone else. Like and I like the Persona spinoff games, but in most instances, when you make your spinoff games, you don't typically necessarily keep someone on the core team there especially not like the head guy so i think that is one of the reasons why 
Dragon Quest has such a consistent identity across all of the different games, spinoff or main. Is there? It's it's him. He's him. You Jesus. You Jesus. <laughs> oh my god, that's incredible. You want to wrap up with uh gushing about swords a little bit because I think of all of the side entries that might be i have actually never played swords i have not finished it i got a i got a copy of it right here why are you not streaming that yeah for real jc because i'd have to plug my wii in does it emulate well do you know i might that might actually be really fun to play with the mouse ew oh no wii mode is that much better Tra- uh, we, uh, it, it, would, it would make play me believe. It on, play it on a trackpad. <laughs> exactly. I guess. I guess my my desktop does have Bluetooth functionality, so maybe I can like get the Wii remote to to work on PC. I hear you can do that. Oh, well, that just breaks my heart knowing that you haven't you haven't played. It's that. the one. It's the one that I own that I haven't touched. Like I've touched everything else in this series, spinoff and all. Oh, and uh, Rocket Slime. I haven't touched Rocket Slime either. No, uh, but I have. Uh, I've not uh, played a lot of Rocket Slime. I heard that uh, 3DS one, the last one they made, was really good. Once again, Japan exclusive. Get it? But I it got a fan patch. So I was looking at a list of the Dragon Quest games, and I knew there were a bunch that we didn't get, but I didn't realize like how grand that list is and how much it hurts. Um, it's really big. Yeah, like we didn't uh, get, uh, get the entirety of the uh, like the Mario Party game, right? We didn't get any of nope, those. We didn't get four. We 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 didn't get uh, what is it? Itadaki Street. Yeah. It's Itadaki Street. Uh, we didn't get the Torneco Mystery Dungeon games. We didn't get Dragon Quest X, and we're not getting Dragon Quest X offline version. Not yet. Which is so, hopefully so we'll get which, it. Yeah, not yet. Maybe, maybe we might get it, but I, I don't really have a lot of hope. But you know, we 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 don't get a lot of Dragon Quest games, and I I I lament that fact. I really wish. I, I guess maybe if twelve does the numbers that 11 did hopefully we'll get uh we'll we'll get to see more of those japanese only releases come over to the states in some capacity apparently the expansions for 10 offline have started to come out so maybe they're just waiting for all of them to be done and then localize all at once i can hope it would be wonderful i mean i think they know, especially with Eleven's success, that there is a huge demand for it in the West. And I mean, like, we've been craving these games for a long time now. Yeah. So. They also know because people have been getting banned for playing Dragon Quest X from the States. <laughs> I've seen that. I literally just watched a video by someone who's on one of our episodes uh, where he talked about how to do it. And do I mean, it. like it's not it's not worth getting getting banned so um one last thing i want to talk about right before we go and i think this will be really quick so obviously i know we don't have official um e3 is gone um but we do tend to see a lot of releases in the summer release announcements do you think we'll see um dragon quest 3 um hg2d or any news about dragon quest 12 i i think it's about time for HD2D. I don't I know where it's gone. Better. 
because uh, the thing with Dragon Quest Twelve, we haven't seen anything about it besides the logo, so I think that's still a bit off. But for HD Two D, yeah, that better come out soon. It's nonsensical that it hasn't come out yet, and I'm wondering if like Square Enix really just likes to stagger their releases a lot. I I imagine they're still working on it, but it yeah, like the we've gotten I think like two HD Two D very ambitious RPGs announced and released in the time that three has yeah. been announced. Uh, I think. I'll, I'll... Oh, wait, no, oh. three. Because uh, we got Triangle Strategy, Live Alive, Live mm-hmm. Alive and then Octopath. Yeah, maybe not Triangle Strategy. I, that might have been announced before, but at least two. And Octopath 2 is huge. Yeah, that's a big Octopath game. 2 makes me realize like, OK, yeah. This engine is now ready for Dragon Quest. I'll make a prediction. I'll say over the summer, I guess Summer Games Fest now. Yeah. Or or whatever presentations, whenever they hold their conferences, they're all going to do it at the same time. Right. E3 doesn't exist, but they're all going to do their conferences at the same time and they're all going to coordinate because, you know, that's just good for business, whatever. Um. I think I think we won't see anything about Dragon Quest HD 2D unless it's a a release date announcement and we will get one sentence from Yuji Horii about Dragon Quest 12 where he goes we're working on it i hope you <laughs> like it when it comes out and then he does a little bow and that's all we're going to get that's i the think most it's Yuji Horii thing <laughs> that could possibly happen i think yes. it's possible we could hear something about 10 offline localized uh Maybe. Th- this year I think it's I think it maybe they just needed the time to localize it because that game is huge and there's so many expansions being packed into it. I also don't think Dragon Quest Treasures did fantastically. So I think as far as on the Dragon Quest end of things, I think they they might feel pressure to to release some information about stuff they got coming up just to Mm re-bolster people's interest because Treasures do not a, sell it's, well, a, it's a kid's game right. you, you can't let your whole fan base isn't going to be excited about a kid's game you know yeah like it's, it's a watered down filler entry. it's very casual like it's very you know uh not surface level but like like it's very light yeah it's very light on on its complexities and it's 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 more of like a little adventure game just to have fun with so you know a lot of people are gonna buy it all right, GC, Cullen, I want to thank you guys for coming on again. I really hope at some point in the future I get to work with you both. Um, I guess I got to find out what your interests are aside from Dragon Quest, though. So <laughs> you let me know. But it has been a pleasure. But a pleasure of to be course. here. Thanks for being. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for being here on your podcast. <laughs> what? Me? No. <laughs> um thank you all for listening and i want to thank especially our patrons for supporting us and making this possible we really appreciate you all if you like listening to us make sure you sound off on our instagram or twitter or hop on over at our discord at hey gamer starting to get a little heated in conversations over there we got a good group going on once again thank you all for listening now go out there and get gaming